When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to this week's edition of uh, Greasons Gossip. I'm joined by Daniel Clark and Hello. Uh, Jamie Hawkins. Hello. Uh, so, I mean, plenty to, to chat about with, with the City this week. Uh, I guess first place to start, uh, the win over Cheltenham. Jamie, a, a good way to bounce back from a, a pulsating defeat at, at Lincoln. Yeah, I was lucky enough to have gone to Lincoln myself. It was a great game, sellout crowd, fantastic atmosphere. And, you know, it was obviously disappointing to always lose a game, but can't leave well no one really left with feeling dejected after that I think it was a a good performance it was just three defensive errors really um, played some good stuff at times scored good goals Taylor's was a great equaliser and you know with Story hitting the bar um, a couple other chances could have been a different result but then Lincoln had some chances themselves um, so yeah, it's always important at this stage when you do lose a game to bounce back straight away and I think that's what City have been really good at this season, you know, bouncing back from disappointing defeats and in style as well and, you know, the Cheltenham game, it wasn't the best performance of the season but as Paul Tisdale said the last week or two that he doesn't really care about performances, it's all about the points on the board and, you know, didn't start perhaps that, that great and Cheltenham took the lead um, kind of out of nowhere I suppose but then you know got back um, in, in style and um, you know never really panicked that we weren't going to win the game I always felt they were patient in their build up and in the play um, played some good stuff again um, and you know when the goal came it didn't really surprise me to be honest I scored quite a few late goals this season which has been impressive um, it was a great header from Story, who's been magnificent since he's come in um, he's looked so so calm composed and you know he's definitely one for the future isn't he he's got a few games under his belt now we'll probably play for the, the rest of the season unless more Taylor and Troy Brown come back but um yeah, it's been a a good weekend, I think, you know, albeit that Lincoln defeat, very much a case of what could have been. A win would have put some distance between City and Lincoln, but, but now I think it's six points now to wait, so it's looking good, you know, at least for the playoffs, if not automatic promotion with that game in hand still to come. And Dan, as Jane said, you know, Solid, unspectacular performance. Yeah, it's sort of watching the game and it always felt that City were, were the better side and were always likely to go on to win. They never really looked in too much danger in defence despite Cheltenham hitting the, I think they hit the bar twice but then so did Exeter or hit the woodwork twice as well. So it was always just sort of, you felt they were going to go on and win the game, they were going to get the winner but you were sort of starting to struggle for ideas. Okay, where actually is this goal going to come from? It wasn't. It was a very workmanlike side put out there with sort of James on the on the wing and Boateng out on the on the left wing, or you know, Tilson played out on the left wing for a bit in the first half. So, and then obviously Simpson and Stockley up front 
a lot of long balls going up to them. I think both of them played actually really well up front there, but sort of it was no real pace in behind, no sort of you know, trickery to, to run through players. So it was almost a case of sitting there and watching, and you can go, well, extra of the better side here, but how exactly are they going to get this goal? And at this point, obviously, you know, eventually, you know, they got the two goals, one from a, a you know, a really good cross into the box and the other one from a from a really you know, a good corner right into the danger area that Story heads in. So it was a little bit a little bit unspectacular in, in how they got the goals, but I think it definitely they were they were fully deserving of the three points on the day and to pick up the points. But, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a most spectacular game. I don't think it will be a game that'll be remembered at the end of the season, let alone much after that. But they did what they needed to do. They bounced back after the, the defeat to Lincoln and you know, kept up the pressure on, on Wickham above them and stretched the gap on the sides around them. So you've been you know, now looking you've got that, you know, you've got another got the win, you've sort of be looking ahead, okay, we've got two tricky away trips to come for the next two weeks, you know, try and pick you know, get something at Cambridge, get something at Accrington and then set it up for, you know, the last four games, three of them at home to sides who either have got nothing to play for or in the relegation zone. So, you you know, you probably were looking, you needed minimum 10 from 12 points for the, the four remaining home games, and getting the three points against Cheltenham is the best way to start that. Jamie, uh, two great stories to, to come from the game. Uh, obviously, Robbie Simpson, you know, coming um, back from injury, starting his first game in, in over a year and, and, and scoring a really nice goal. And then... Uh, Jordan Story scoring his second winner in four matches, you know. I mean, yeah. it's a really, really nice supper. Yeah, Simpson was fantastic, wasn't he? He was absolutely brilliant. You know, he came off against Lincoln and he was a real handful. And he's been like that a few times when he's come off the bench this season. Obviously, he's been hampered with that horrible injury last season. But, you know, Tisdale likes to, to throw him on with the last 10, 15 minutes of the game going just to be a handful and he's proven that again he did that at Lincoln you know he's winning every header and he gets stuck in with, with tackles as well which which you like um, but yeah to see him start on on Saturday or Monday sorry was surprising I think it raised a few eyebrows given how little time he's played but um, he took it with, with both hands and like I said he was brilliant it was a really good goal as well you know Great awareness um, to, to you know pounce on you know a lovely ball from Pierce Sweeney, um, and yeah he put in a pretty much a faultless performance. Won every single header that was going. Um, you know it it was questionable when you saw the team line up with with Stockley up front as well with another big striker. But I think that sort of helped Stockley in a way because you know he's been quite isolated lately when he plays at front on his own and it was working well with Matt Jay so he needs that strike partner um, and, and Simpson did it well and um, yeah Jordan's story again it was brilliant I've only seen a couple, him play a couple of times um, at Lincoln as well and yeah he's just brilliant um, 20, how old is he? 20? 20, 20 yeah, 20, yeah. And like I said he looks like he's been playing for a lot longer than that and you know, another makeshift back four. Obviously, Dean Moxie playing at centre back. Thought he's had a good Easter weekend. I thought he's probably arguably one of City's better players at, at Lincoln, um, despite conceding three goals. But you know, he did well again on on Monday. Um, you know, and I think 
a lot of fans when they saw Jordan Mortain and Troy Brown injured were fearing the worst a bit, but it's good to see that you've got that, you know, plenty of backup um, with Troy Archibald Hemble as well, of course. And um, yeah, it was a, a great win against Cheltenham and, and great performances as well, because obviously Tisdale had to change up a bit with two games in, in four days. Um, and yeah, it's great that to have those resources um, available. You know, a strong bench as well with um, you know, Ryan Loft, Ryan Brunt on there coming back. Um, you know, Matt Jay as well coming on. So yeah, it was really good to to have such a strong squad because in previous months and, and seasons, you know, if you lose one or two players, it does leave a lot of fans worried. But um, yeah, story's been brilliant. Uh, just on Story, uh, Anthony Beveridge says, uh, for me, Jordan Story is our best defender. He's a complete package and will only get better. If we had ambition, he's put that in quote marks, uh, do we look to keep these players and build a team that could be sustainable at the next level instead of selling and stagnating? Uh, Daniel, thoughts on that? I think it's a little early to say Jordan Story's the best defender at the club so far. Um, obviously, what we've seen, you know, he's had you know three or four really good games at the start of his career and you know, he was looked very composed on on Monday. Sort of dealt with with the threat of Mohamed Issa, and you know, quite quite comfortably, really. Almost essentially marked him out, and also he hadn't you know sniffed out the game. And obviously, he's been you know I said nominated for you know one of the players of the season for the EFL League Two. And you you'd come away from that on Monday and thinking, really, how how is he one of the best three players in the league? And that's you know testament to the way that you know Story and Moxie. Basically, just dealt with him and cut him out. Cut him out of the game. He does look quite composed. He looks you know, pretty confident in possession. You know, dealt with the balls in the air well. But obviously, you know, it's still it's still very early. I mean, you know, four games is you know it's not a huge sort of you know basis to you know to judge on. You know, you've seen players have four four good games and then do nothing ever since. But he does look very promising. He does look. As if you know he's he is one for the future, and, and uh, it sort of gives you know extra, or sort of gives him you know Paul Tisdale a, a few issues around you know centre backs really because we've almost got an abundance of them available because you know I think we all you know Jordan Mortel and Troy Brown probably are still the best centre backs, but they're both injured at the minute and both have missed you know a large part of this season for injury. I mean Dean Moxie. You know, looks really comfortable at centre half and looks you know easily can play in that position. And you've got you've got you know Pierce Sween who's slotted in there occasionally. You've got Luke Kroll, Danny Seaborn, Troy Archibald Henville. So you're almost looking at it and thinking, okay, we've got you know six, seven, eight good centre halves here. I mean, you can't all you've got to get them in the team somehow. So it's almost you know at this point with the injuries, it's you know, almost making the decision for him, but. I think if you know, you know, Jordan Mortel and Troy Brown both suddenly were were fit for the for the trip to Cambridge. I don't think we're expecting Mortaylor to play again this season. Troy Brown's just coming back from injury. Probably Jordan Story actually drops back to the bench at this stage because you, you know you, you're going. I don't think he's better than those two at this point. But you know, long term, you know, you can sort of see. Okay, right, maybe next season. You, you slot him into, you know, as part of the defence, you know, as a as a more regular option, you know, on the uh, the ambition question. I, you know, I think Paul Tisdale will want to keep him at the club, like he presumably he wanted to keep David Wheeler and Ollie Watkins and 
and Ethan Ampadu over the, over the summer, but it's one of those that if clubs higher up the league with more money, a bigger budget come in, then it's very difficult to to turn down offers for players, particularly if you're a League Two club run by a trust, so you've not got the, a big benefactor who can keep pumping money into the club on an extra. They have got some money from transfer sales and windfalls and then the cup runs and, and being on TV, but they've still got to be looking at the long-term future of the club and you know, the likes of Oli, you know, Watkins and Wheeler, you know, that's, you know, I think we're looking 1.8 million roughly for Watkins. You know, that's just money that no League Two club could turn down at all if, if something comes in. So no matter how much, you know, ambition you've got, you know, they could have a plan in five years to be in the Premier League, but you can't turn that money down at this stage. So I think you've, you've got to be looking at, you know, OK, Jordan's story, he's been really positive what we've seen so far. You can look at him, okay, this he can sit in the back four or the back three or a back five, whatever he plays for the next few seasons, but you know, there is still the issue that if a you know, if a bigger club comes in and offers money for him, you're probably gonna have to, you know, say say, you know, take the money. But also if Jordan's story is is it, you know, does become Exeter's best defender very, very quickly and you know, only gets better and because becomes the complete package. You know, he's not going to want to be playing in League Two football for much longer. He's going to be wanting playing, you know, League One Championship, you know, and above. So you kind of feel that you know, if, if you want to keep these kind of players, you've got to get promoted either this season or next season, or they'll be moving on like you know, the like Watkins and and Wheeler have done to to bigger clubs higher up the league. Uh, Jamie, I mean, my issue with with, with this question in a way. <laughs> Is it's assuming that there's going to be clubs interested in Story over the summer anyway? Um, he he's only spent, he's only made seven league appearances, you know, and you know I, I don't think it's you know I, I think it's too early to, to label him City's best defender when Jordan Moore Taylor's at the club and you know is a, a similar sort of type of player to, to Story in a way. I mean, and he, he he's not attracted any sort of big bid in the the time he's been at City, despite years and years of, of the sort of performances that the Jordan Story is putting in. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think there's been one or two little rumours about Moore Taylor being linked with a move, but you know nothing's been said or in concrete really. Um, and Story, <laughs> best defender, he's got a long way to go yet, but he's certainly started as well as as, as Jordan's done, Moore Taylor. Um, you know, I, I do like how. Paul Tisdale's treating him very similar to, to other young players like Ethan Ampadu, Ollie Watkins, very much keeping their feet on the ground and you know trying to play down any attention towards him from you know the as exciting the player he is, you know all the fans have got excited about him already. Um, and I think Jordan himself, you know, has basically said it's you know not affecting his game. He's just looking to get selected for, for Cambridge on Saturday. But, um, yeah, it's far too early to be saying he's you know going to be moving on to, to bigger things this summer. He's going to take quite a few games and a good run of games as well. And it'll be interesting to see um, when Troy Brown comes back and Jordan Moore Taylor comes back, what does Tisdale do then? Because he's been playing so well. Does he... You know, stick faith with him, the youngster, because he's done so well, or does he, you know, go with what he trusts, which is Moore Taylor and Brown, who have, you know, been a formidable partnership this season. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when 
those two do come back this season, um, if at all, with more Taylor, perhaps missing the rest of the campaign. But um, yeah, I think it's far too early to be um, talking about you know possible transfer. But I guess on the other hand, when you know the fans see a, a young player coming through the academy and into the first team, we've seen it many times that they'll have a, a good season or two and then perhaps move on to, to bigger things. Um, so, you know, I guess it's a compliment in a way that, you know, you're already looking at Jordan's story as a potential future, you know, player that will be playing in a, a higher division in the future. But, yeah, it's far too early at the moment and let's just enjoy um, seeing, you know, another great, great find from the academy doing well. Uh, so I caught up with, with Jordan Story after the after the win over Cheltenham. Uh, here's what he had to say. A two one win. He has to be delighted. Yeah, it was a great result from the boys. We really dug in, and I think you know we got our rewards towards the end of the game. So yeah. And another vital goal from you as well. Yeah, it's good, always good to get on the <laughs> score sheet and uh, especially to score the winner as well. Delighted with it. And sort of coming at a point in the game where it was really sort of tense as well. You know, it, it was a vital goal to got vital time to get the goal. Yeah, exactly. I think it calmed our nerves a bit, and you know. We've seen the game out really well. And uh, just talk me through it, because obviously Jaden Stockley had a similar chance from a corner just about five minutes early, hadn't he? And then you, you sort of went one better and buried it. Yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> got in front of my man well and I've sort of just hit the ball sweetly and it's just gone in the back of the net. <laughs> and uh, that's a couple you got now and you obviously hit the post against Lincoln as well. I mean, is that a part of your game you've really been working on? Um, <clears throat> at times, yeah. I mean, was, you know, sometimes... I've, Going um, I'm in the right places at the right time, and you know, get them in. Just got to keep on, keep on banging them in, really. <laughs> and uh, it's not obviously not just either the, the, the scoring from from the back as well. You know, Pierce Fleming's got so many goals this season, and, and Jordan Moore Taylor trips in with a few, and that, that's sort of proving really important this season. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think anyone in the team can score. Really, we're all fairly decent finishers, so yeah, it doesn't really come as a surprise to me. And uh, next up, Cambridge, obviously, you know, another big game with the, the, the way the season's going. Yeah, I think we just got to keep building and building on our, you know, performances. Have a great win today and, um, you know, last six, seven games, we've just got to try and win every single game and battle as hard as we can. And for you personally, how have you found the sort of last few weeks? I mean, especially sort of, because you came into the side against Mansfield earlier in the season, dropped back out, but it's sort of this prolonged run of games you've had now. Yeah, I think, you know, for me personally, it's just trying to keep my place in the team and do the best for the team you know and hopefully try and get extra promoted and I guess with the experience you got next to you with the likes of Dean Moxie as well you know it must be must be nice to have players like that to call them yeah on. I mean you know even the lads who haven't played as much games everyone's been helpful and you know sort of supported me in various situations so yeah everyone's been been decent and how have the, the coaching staff been during, sort of during your time yeah but I mean they're always helpful and they always give good advice um and then Mel works particularly hard on set pieces and stuff like that, so it's always nice to grab a goal. That was uh, Jordan Story there, who's who winner uh, against Jordan Mean City and now five points off their place with, with a game in hand. And, you know, all to play for in, in the, the sort of realms of automatic promotion when a couple of weeks ago, maybe maybe about a month or so ago, it was a bit more doom and gloom, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still, you know, Wickham, they are still grinding out these results, they're picking up the wins and... You know, Exeter, it's it's not in their own hands. They've got to rely on on some slip-ups from Wickham. You know, probably you're probably looking, they're going to actually, two two games, they're going to have to drop points in, you think, minimum, because 
Exeter. It's unlikely they'll win all all the remaining six games. I think. I think this weekend uh, is a pretty big game actually for for Exeter because Wickham aren't actually playing. They do play Lincoln who are in the in the Checker Trade Trophy final. So they've you know they've got the weekend to you know to try and catch up. And if the, you know this essentially becomes the game in hand. You know, if you drop, you know, even if even if you drop points, and it's all of a sudden you're then four points off of a much worse goal difference without a game in hand, and that looks a lot tougher. So you've got to sort of think that Exeter have got, they've got to keep winning to keep up the pressure. And Wickham obviously have got Lincoln to play. They've got a game against Accrington to play as well. So they've got a few fixtures, you know, a couple of fixtures where they they might drop points. But other than that, I think they they've got. A, I think they've got to go to Chesterfield as well, right? But you know, near the end of the season, he'll be be fighting for their lives. But they've got a couple of a. I think they've got Stevenage at home on the last day, and that's the kind of fixture you'd probably you know has a home banker in. So you're sort of running out of time for for Exeter to catch Wickham, but it's it is still there. Exeter probably need what 18 points to go. You're probably looking maybe 15 points. You know, you know, 13 minimum. I think you probably. You know, four wins and a draw is the worst. I think Exeter could get away with, and still get automatic promotion. I think Luton's win at the, on on Monday was a big win for them because that just sort of just sort of eased any doubts that they were you know could be caught by the signs below them. So you're sort of looking okay, you know, we can still catch you can still catch Wickham, but they're gonna need to start dropping points soon. But you know, looking back over the shoulder, now back to six points to eight. Eighth spot with only six games to go, and you'd be very disappointed not to, you know, come away with at least seventh at the end of the season. Particularly given the running that City have got, gives you games that you'd expect to be winning as well. So you can almost start to start to look ahead and go, okay, right, we're definitely going to be, or not, not definitely, but you know, ninety-nine percent, we're going to be in the playoffs. We're going to have that. You know that experience. Okay, what did we? What went right last season? What went wrong last season? And try and try and learn from that. Try and build on that. But you know they've got to keep winning to to put the pressure on Wickham, and you know hope that they slip. They have you know been a little bit fallible recently, but they you know they've come back. You know to win games where where you know, they necessarily. I think they were looking great at the weekend when they they were losing to Wick to Grimsby and turned it around to get the win. So. I think it's you know, it is still all to play for, but that you know Wickham if they keep winning, it's sort of it's going to eventually run out of time for for City to catch them. Jamie, uh, six points ahead of eighth. Uh, do you think that's that's possible by time? Um, you would like to think so, although this is League Two, so <laughs> anything can can happen. You just got to look at that commentary oval score Monday. Um, yeah, like Daniel said, he'd be disappointed to to bolted from here but I don't know just can't take anything for granted really you know we're sat here after the Morecambe defeat when you're outside the playoffs and it's looking like we're actually going to make the playoffs now and now all of a sudden it's looking are we not gonna you know get automatic promotion so you know you'd feel that they should be there um, but you know a defeat on on Saturday puts it back to three points, and then you've got teams like Colchester who've come into to form lately. And, you know, obviously City have got them on the last day of the season, so um, you know it just takes like 
a run of two or three wins on the bouts and, and all of a sudden you're, you're up there and you know as we've seen with with Mansfield and, and Notts County in a way that you know they've been on a bit of a you know rotten rotten run of form and they've I think Mansfield have slipped out of the playoffs and Notts County are in danger of, of doing the same as well so um yeah I'm not gonna take anything for granted until it's official really to be honest um you know it does put a nice bit of breathing space there, but you know Lincoln were sort of flirting with the playoffs for a lot of the season, and now they're looking pretty good for it. And um, based on what I saw on, on Good Friday, you'd, you'd back them to be in there. But um, you know it just shows that Coventry won a, a good run and then getting thrashed by by Oval at home. It, it it just shows how unpredictable League Two is, and has been for a number of years. So. Um, yeah, you'd like to think it would be um it would be there. It's obviously in City's hands. Um still got that game in hand as well and it is a favourable running of games, but as history suggests, playing teams with nothing or little to play for doesn't always guarantee three points. So um it's gonna be interesting. I would like to think automatic promotion is still on, it's still you know, obviously out of their hands, it's basically one or bust, I think, you know. Like to think that they would need to go undefeated for the rest of the season and win most of those games. Um, Wickham has shown that they can be quite fragile, losing was it five two at home to Morecambe a couple of weeks ago, and as Daniel said, Grimsby were were beating them, but then turned it around. So um, yeah, I think the playoffs should be secure. Don't quote me on that <laughs> in case the worst happens. But um, yeah, still very much all to play for for me. Uh, so I spoke with uh, Paul Tisdale on, on Monday, looking ahead to, to this week's trip to, to Cambridge United. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, we're hoping that we're hoping Harley and Holmes. We, we were hoping for this weekend, so very clearly we're hoping for next weekend too. So um, we're, we're Troy Brown's making good progress. He's a question. I think he'll be travelling with us, Troy Brown. Um, and then say Harley and Holmes, we're hoping also. So yeah, some pro- and Kyle. Um, Edwards, we'll be speaking to West Brom and see whether he's gone back for treatment for a week or two. Again, we're hoping that he'll be around. So we could have three or four players back in contention. And what's the issue with Cole? He had a sore knee sort of two months ago. We've managed it. He's had an injection. He's come back. It hasn't really cleared up. So he's gone back to West Brom for a couple of weeks to try to um, just to... He's been playing with pain and it's sort of getting worse again. So we're just trying to um, manage that. And I guess, as you mentioned, the high-quality problem to have is, you know, these players coming up, being out injured, coming back into the side, but perhaps not being able to get into the side because the uh, team's been doing so well. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, from my point of view, it's picking a team that can deliver the skill sets that I need mentally and physically for the game in hand. I mean, Lord James, for example, I'm really pleased with him today. He played out of position, in a position he's not used to, but he was, he was a big factor for me in our delivery today set pieces you can see took, took most of the set pieces delivered the set piece for the goal so it's about having players in, in the team that can do the things you need to do that can make the difference and I thought he did really well today considering he's out of position and he hasn't played a lot recently um, that should give him a lot of heart really uh, so we heard uh, that Holmes and Harley likely to be uh, returning for Cambridge and uh, Troy Brown is, is travelling with the squad uh, how have you changed things up? Um, it's an interesting one I think you know you, you look at that team on Monday, made quite a few changes, obviously, um, with you know Lloyd James starting on, on the right wing, which got a mixed 
reaction. Um, I don't think he was particularly great, but then I don't think that was his fault because he was playing on the right wing, whereas you, Dave, thought he did, did pretty well. Yeah, he set up the winner and he put in yeah. quite a few dangerous crosses. You know, he's not, not the quickest of the players and not the trickiest of players, but you know, I, I think his, his delivery was, was, was fantastic. And you know, with, uh, with Stockley and Simpson in there and, and Tilson coming in as well, you know, three players in the box who can win headers there. And you know, what City have been lacking all season is, is that sort of player who will put the ball into the box like, like James did. Mm. Yeah, that's right. But um, I think when it was one uh, all at Cheltenham, the, the the crowd were crying out for some energy because it was getting a bit sort of flat and um, in a way, you know, when you've got Simpson and, and Stockley playing up front, there's only so much you can do. Um, so you know, they were crying out for Matt Jay or, or Kane Wilson to inject some some energy. So Lee Holmes obviously provides that. Um, you know, so it'd be good to see him back. Um, Ryan Hardy, perhaps, although, you know, it, it'll be hard for him to get back into the team because Boateng's been brilliant the last sort of few weeks. For me, he's been arguably the city's best player the last month or so. And, you know, Tilson's um, really upped his game lately. He's, you know, putting classic, typical Tilson performances, getting getting stuck in and having a few wounds to show for it as well. Um, so it'll be difficult for, for those two to, to get back in. Um, if Troy Brown travels, will he play? Perhaps unlikely, he might be a bit soon, might make the bench. So you think um, you know, Story and Moxie will, will start at the centre-backs as well with, with Sweeney, perhaps going for you know a back, back three or five again. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd almost be tempted to play perhaps an unchanged team for Cheltenham, um, perhaps stick Lloyd Jones back into you know the centre of midfield and perhaps get Lee Holmes back back on the wing. But um, yeah, I'd be hesitant to make too many changes to be honest. Uh, Daniel, your prediction for the game? Um, I think it's going to be a fairly tight game. I think a lot of teams obviously. I think we saw Cambridge. It's the opening day of the season and an extra one, one nil with a very early goal. But I was, you know, I'm a little bit disappointed in Cambridge this season because I thought they on, they look quite good actually on the opening day, and I thought they'd be much higher up the table than around the playoffs. I think perhaps a lot they've obviously lost Luke Berry, which you know is probably a big blow to them. But you know, with the strike force Jabba Abire and Uchek Pezo, they're you know a very physical presence up there. So. You might be looking. He might be looking. You know, if Troy Brown's fit enough just to come in as a third centre half or Troy Archibald Henville as a role, we've seen you know sort of man marking job on on the big man to try and deal with that this season. So I'm not expecting to be too many goals in it. I think it's going to be quite tight. I think Exeter might just nick it two one. Jerry, yeah, it's a difficult one. Um, like Daniel said. I think they were well back to Cambridge to be to be up there at the start of the season, um, but I think City on a, a decent run, playing quite well. So I'm going to go for a comfortable two 0 win. Oh, two 0 uh, I will go one 0 because that's been the score of I think four of the last five meetings between the two sides. I think one 0 So I'll go one 0 to City. Well, uh, thanks for joining us on this week's edition of Greece and Scotland. Uh, I guess tune in next week and. Keeping out on Saturday to see if we were right.